I thank you. I thank this worship team. Amen. Classes are dismissed this morning. I'm going to dive in real quick. As you can tell, Pastor Ronnie did not make it back from Belize this morning. Last night, his plane got delayed a few times. It did not pass pre-check and pre-flight inspections. So uh, they uh, either got on another plane or got the issue fixed, but they're in Dallas this morning uh, flying uh, the rest of the way. As we speak, they're in the air. But amen, aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful this morning? Heard a song this morning that says, The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. I feel Him in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. The healing of the Lord is here. The healing of the Lord is here. I feel him in the atmosphere. The healing of the Lord is here. The healing of the Lord is here. Oh, can I do that one more time? The presence of the Lord is here. Oh, the presence of the Lord is here. I feel him in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Oh, the healing of the Lord is here. Oh, the healing of the Lord is here. I feel him in the atmosphere. The healing of the Lord is here. The healing of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. 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 Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to preach quick. Beginning in verse 14. I will tell you right now, I don't know what God is up to. I've preached this message before in this house. But the Lord just would not leave me alone because I believe the time for it to be heard is now more so than the first time. Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. I'm going to try to read quickly. I'm going to try to just let the Lord have his way this morning. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true? Turn to your neighbor and say, Is it true? O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, that ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. 
And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. I want you to know he's still able to deliver from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury and the form of his visage was changed. That means the countenance of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it want to be heated. And he commanded that the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. And these men were bound in their coats and their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake to his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered him and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the sun of God. God, we thank you for your word and its anointing this morning. And God, I thank you for the exhortation, uh, the worship, uh, and the presence in this house. But God, uh, I want to see your glory this morning. Uh, I want to see lives changed and encouraged, uh, restored, uh, and instructed. Uh, Jesus, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. And the church says, Amen. Many of you know this story very well Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That King Nebuchadnezzar has lifted up an image for everyone to worship. The Bible tells us in the first verse of this chapter that he gives us how tall it is, how wide it is, that what it's made of tells us, gives us the numbers, if you will. And what he commands is that, that what happens is when the music is played, that everyone should bow down, that everyone should begin to bow towards this idol and worship not God, not worship any other gods, but worship their king as a God, to lift himself up as someone that was holy and righteous. I want you to understand this morning that many of the, what I'm about to preach to you is super elementary. I'm not here to profound, uh, to wow you or impress you this morning. I'm here on assignment. I really believe that this morning, and I believe you will leave this house encouraged by the power of the Holy Ghost. But hear me this morning. What is happening in this situation 
mission is that, that we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will not bow. They will not bow down. So immediately, Brother Wade, they are turned over to the king because the king has already said, listen, if you do not bow, you will be thrown that very hour into the fiery furnace. And they bring him to the king, and that's where our text comes in. And the first thing the king says, is it true? Is it true that you will not do what I'm asking you to do? Is it true that you will not catch this, uh, that you will not conform to my ways? You say, okay, we know this, but I want you to know we live in a day and hour in which that the world, I want want you to notice that they played music and that was the cue to begin to bow. I want you to know that this world is playing a song and what is happening is people are conforming on every side, every economic, whatever you you can say this morning. It doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter if you're independent, doesn't matter if you're Pentecostal, Baptist, Methodist, what we see is that the world is playing a song trying to get the church of Jesus Christ to conform. Hear me this morning. I don't know if you've seen the news in the last few weeks or what happened in the Grammys or what's happening overseas in Europe, but there is open satanic worship, open satanic statues, open idol worship to Molech going on in Europe, going on in the United States. I want you to understand that they're coming after the church more than ever before. Why? Because there are people of God that are still saying, I will not conform. I will not be what you want me to be. But what happens is, is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego what what happens is, is when they are confronted and he says is this true? They say, here is king. We're not careful to answer you. Because we will not bow. I want you to know that this world is in the shape that it's in because many churches have conformed. I heard a staggering statistic over this weekend. I've been showing it to everybody that I possibly can. Uh, but but th- what began to happen was this mass survey of churches began to happen. Uh, and they began to ask churches, uh, do you believe that Jesus lived a sinless life? Uh, do you believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man? Uh, do you believe that Jesus uh, was the Savior of the world? Uh, and they began to ask just these, these basic doctrinal questions. Uh, to Christians in this nation. And what they found is 70% of churches in the United States did not line up on the true fundamental characteristics of the faith. People could not agree that he was fully God and fully man. People could not agree that Jesus lived a sinless life. But what they found even further in the 30% that believed that Jesus was who he says he was, they, they asked them, are you willing to preach all the lessons that Jesus taught us, the difficult ones, the good ones, the ones that confront maybe our flesh and confront sin, and they found that only 2% of pastors were willing to tell their congregation the truth about sin. Only 2% were willing to tell them the truth about sin and when they asked them why they said because I will lose my congregation 
But what was staggering is they began to do a, a mass, a, a mass a, a questionnaire, if you will, a, a mass poll of congregants. And they asked them, what do you want? What do you want to hear preached in the day and hour that you live in? And they found that 70%, 70% of the church in America wanted to hear their pastors preach about sin. Couldn't believe this. They wanted to hear their pastors talk about uh, homosexuality and sexual identity. They wanted to hear uh, their pastors preach about uh, the issues facing uh, the day and age that they live in. Uh, But the survey they completed before that said only 2% were willing to preach on those topics. Listen, I want you to know that there are a lot of people conforming. There are a lot of people conforming, but what I want you to know, just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we will not bow. There are still a remnant in this nation that says, listen, I love you. King, I get you. I'll serve you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego served the king. But they said, listen, I will not worship anything other than my God. I will not conform because this world says, why don't you accept homosexuality? Why don't you just accept sexual immorality why don't you just accept what we're going to teach your children why don't you just accept what's going on in the day and hour that we're living in but I'm in a church this morning of people of God that will stand up and say no I will not bow I will not conform I will not be a puppet on a string but I will serve the Lord my God But how does the world respond to that? We see it here in our text this morning. The Bible says that the countenance of his face, the countenance of, of King Nebuchadnezzar's face was changed. Turn to your neighbor and says, that means he was ticked off. He was full. The Bible says this. He was full of fury. Listen, church, I want you to understand that we we live in a time where we think that, Lord, help me. You just have to bear with me. I'm going to get there. I just want to obey the Lord for a moment because we live in a society where we think that if we're Christians, we should be accepted by everybody. It's not biblical. Jesus said, guess what? They hated me. They'll hate you. Read in Matthew the other day where he said, listen, I, I... People think that I'm going to come and do this and come and do this. He said, you'll find that father will be against son. Because I'm a divisive, controversial figure. But we live in a society where we think that if everyone likes us, that we'll be okay. I want you to know that in that that thought process, you don't even realize that you're conforming. But they respond with hate. They respond By saying, listen, okay, we're not just going to execute you. We're going to turn up the heat. Hear me this morning. I want you to follow me. I don't know if you felt what I felt ever since COVID. The spiritual warfare. You say, what are you talking about spiritual warfare? If you've got a prayer life, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about, get a prayer life. You will find out what I'm talking about. Well, I don't want to know what spiritual warfare is. I want you to know how good it feels to win in spiritual warfare. 
hear me this morning, but there has been such an uptick in spiritual warfare. It's as if, catch this, as if the enemy is turning up the heat, making it hotter, making it more difficult to be a Christian than ever before. Listen, I want you to know that they're going to continue to make it more difficult to be a Christian. You better believe that. Doesn't matter if there's someone in the White House with an R next to their name or a D next to their name. I want you to know that this world will continue to go on a downward slope. But the church won't. Because what begins to happen with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I'm not even to the best part yet, what begins to happen is he says, okay, I'm ticked off. I'm going to make it worse for you. And he begins to make it worse. He begins to make the fire hotter. He begins to, begins to come in and, and, and what he's saying here is by turning up the heat, I'm going to persecute you more. Let me tell you what that looks like for you in your life. I'm going to make you depressed. I'm going to make you anxious. I'm going to make your finances a mess. I'm going to make your children a mess. I'm going to come in and try to destroy your marriage. I'm going to come in and try to destroy your relationships. I'm going to come in and try to destroy your relationships at work. What we see is the enemy has come in. I will tell you this. I've had encounters in the spirit that I have never had before in the last few years because the enemy has tried and tried to come at me and my wife, me and my children, me and my family. I want you to know that he's turned up the heat. And that's difficult. Listen, you don't have to show me your hands, but I can feel it in the, in the atmosphere this morning. I know we had an atmosphere of worship and preach, but the whole time I, I, I was just, just subconsciously praying and, and I could just feel a heaviness. Some of you are very heavy. Some of you don't know how you're going to get victory because it looks worse than it's ever looked. And I want you to know what the enemy tries to do. I'm just going to throw this in for free. What the enemy tries to do when you go through hard times is convince you that God's not with you. That, that well, if God's such a good God, why is he letting this happen? I want you to know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in this position because of God. Hear me this morning. We, we, we have this illusion in the American church that, oh, I'm saved. I should prosper. We think uh, financial. We think uh, everything should be good. Uh, our marriages should be good. I want you to know that you have to fight. Why did he give us armor if we did not have to fight? Listen, the promised land was still the promised land. But he told Joshua, guess what? You're going to have to fight for it. I'll give it to you. But you're going to have to line up. You're going to have to get into formation. You're going to have to have battle plans. You're going to have to give commands. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to seek my face. I'll give you the victory. But you're still going to have to swing the sword. Hear me this morning. I want you to know the enemy would love to convince you that God has left you and abandoned you. But I want you to know that God is orchestrating something out of the mess of your life. Hear me.
me. You feel broken. You feel like you're in shambles, like your life is in pieces. Uh, I want you to know all he's doing uh, is he's picking you up like clay uh, and he may be throwing you down uh, and he may be throwing you down, uh, but you better believe he'll pour some water on you. He'll put you on the wheel uh, and he'll begin to put you uh, and mold you uh, and put your life back together. I want you to know you think uh, that all hell's breaking loose in your life. Uh, I want you to know hell is not breaking loose in your life, but heaven's about to break forth. You think that you can't get out of the situation you're in. I want you to know that Jesus has seen the other side of the storm and he knows you're coming out and you're coming out stronger. You're coming out free. You're coming out delivered. You're coming out with a testimony. Catch this. Turns up the heat. He says, I want my biggest and my baddest. I want my offensive lineman to go get these guys. The mightiest warriors. I want them to throw them in. I want you to know, that's, it's, it's, we're seeing a playbook for the enemy. We see in the first verse of this chapter, he tells us how big the statue is. The enemy loves to give you the numbers. Young people hear this all the time. The enemy loves to tell you how big he is. Hey, when they list Goliath, they tell you, well, his spear weighed this much and his chainmail weighed this much. The enemy loves the numbers. See, but that's not how God works. God multiplies. He likes numbers, but that's not how he works. He's like, it's really not about that numbers. It's not really about all the measurables. What matters is, is that you trust and believe that I'm more than you'll ever need. So what happens is, is we, we see this, but now we got the mighty men. Listen, when, when, when it seems like, uh, and I believe for many you feel like uh, it is worse than it's ever been in your life and you're just scratching and scrounging uh, to get to church. It takes everything within you uh, just to wake up and get into the house of God. Uh, you feel exhausted. You feel depleted. Uh, you feel tired. Lord, I might be speaking to myself this morning. Uh, you may feel wore out, uh, but I want you to understand, uh, even though it feels like the mightiest men of hell uh, are on you, God's still doing something. You say, how? Here's what happens. Gets the mighty man and he binds them. He binds them. Because I want you to understand something. Not only does the enemy want to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to bind you up. He wants to put you out of order. I'll tell you right now, the enemy wants you out of order, wants the church out of order. He wants us out of the, the, the schoolhouse. He wants us out of the White House. He wants us out of the state house. He wants us out of the nation's house. He wants us out of he wants you out of your house. He's the mighty man, they bind them up. And this whole time it looks, think about it. To them, it's like, well, they had faith. If God does it. I believe he's able to do it. If God doesn't, it's still going to speak to the king because we're martyrs. We're dying for what we believe in. But I want, I want you to know that some of you in this room, under the sound of my voice tonight, you feel so bound up and you feel so caught up in what the enemy's thrown at you and it looks like you will never get out. The Bible says that they take them in. The two mighty men are killed. 
Really, you can make an argument that they weren't even thrown into the fiery furnace because the Bible says they fell down into. The men were killed. How did they fall down into? No one was there to throw them in. So that may have put themselves in. You can make an argument for that. May so, may not. But that's not what I'm preaching this morning. Fall down into the fire. What do you see? You see King Nebuchadnezzar stand up. Oh, it's about to get good. Because you think you know what I'm preaching. But you don't know what I'm preaching. It looks bad. The king gets up. And he says, wait a second. Did not we throw three men? Catch what he says. We threw three men bound into the fire. He emphasizes the fact we bound them. Not only were we trying to kill them, we bound them. And he said, but lo, I see four men in the fire and they are loose. And one looks as if he's the son of God. Okay, you ready for it? Turn to your neighbor and say, you ready for it this morning? Here's what I'm here to preach to you this morning. That was just an introduction. My, my main point is not going to take that long. We're going to land this plane. But here's what I want you to know. You feel like the enemy is pushing you closer to your end and that you are bound up and that he's pushing you towards fire. Listen, I don't know about you, but have you ever held your hand over fire? It's uncomfortable. It's hot. I remember I was three years old. Barely remember. I remember because it's so traumatic probably. My mama was cooking, turned her back, and I just on the stove. Lit myself up right on the burner. Bam. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. And I want you to know that, that you may be going through a season where you feel like, God, this, I, I don't know what's going on here. I, I don't feel comfortable in worship. I, I don't feel comfortable in prayer. I, I don't know what's going on here. I, I feel like, like, like I'm just bound up, that I can't get free. I want you to know that the enemy, the enemy thought that he was pushing them towards destruction. But what they found out is when they got in the fire, that they were no longer bound, but they were set free. I want you to know you think that the fire is here to end you but the fire is here to free you hear me this morning you think that it's over that you can't worship anymore that you can't praise anymore that you can't get breakthrough but I want you to know that they were not destroyed by the fire they were freed by the fire Why does this matter? Why, 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 why are you so excited? Hear me this morning. Because they would not be conformed. They were transformed. Oh, you, you missed a good place to shout. Because they would not conform. They were transformed. You say, oh God, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. But I want you to know you're here this morning. Many of you are lifting your hands and everything's not okay at home. Everything's not okay in your life. But you still lifted your hands. You still pray. I want you to know because you would not conform, God is going to transform. <laughs> Hear me this morning. You think it's over. It's just beginning. I don't have the voice to preach it to you the way I want to this morning, but these boys went in bound and they came out free. 
You think, uh, oh, it couldn't get any worse. You're right. It's not going to get any worse. It's only going to get better. You think it's over. It's getting better. Hear me, the enemy's trying to push the church to a bad place, a place of destruction, but the enemy does not realize they are pushing the church towards the fire of revival. The church has been bound too long. We've been just singing a hallelujah and leaving far too long. I want you to know that we're about to be freed by the fire. Here's what Elijah said on Mount Carmel. He said, let the God who answers by fire. Let the God who answers by fire, let him be your God. This is what John the Baptist said. The one coming after me is mightier than me. And he shall baptize you, what? With the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hebrews says it like this. Our God is a consuming fire. I want you to know the enemy thinks he's got one up on the church. That he's in control. These politicians, these men in high places think that they're pushing the church into a corner. That they're going to end them. I want you to know that he's pushing the church into a prayer closet. And they're getting on fire with the fire of the Holy Ghost and he thinks he's won and he thinks it's over and he thinks the church will be silent but I don't know if you know what's going on in Wilmore, Kentucky that there are thousands of young people praying and worshiping for the last five days fire is being poured out at a little Methodist school in Kentucky I want you to know the enemy thinks he's won but what he's done is he's pushed the church into the fire Come to the music this morning. Stand with me. I want you to hear this. That you think it's over. This looks so bad for the church. But I want you to know. Because we will not conform. We're going to be transformed. What you saw this morning is because there's people in this house that have been praying, praying when they didn't feel like it, worshiping when they didn't feel like it, thanking God when they didn't feel like it, reading their Bible when they didn't feel like it. I want you to hear me this morning. We will be transformed into a church that is on fire. But I want to pray for people today. Because it's just only a church message. There are many of you that feel like you absolutely cannot go on. And you feel like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego may have felt this is it. you're saying, God, I need you, I need you. And you've been praying it for months, for weeks. God, I need, I need something, I need something. And the enemy's just trying to come in and influence your life. Say, I got you bound. I'm going to destroy you. That little secret sin you're dealing with, you don't tell nobody about. 
You say, oh, you're going to judge me? No, 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 no. You don't know what I'm going to say. You think it's trying to pull you under? If you just realize that God's just wanting you to stand up to that thing and say, my God is able to deliver us. I didn't preach it the way I wanted to. Didn't sound the way I wanted it to. And that's okay. Because here's the deal. What I sensed in this room this morning. It's like I could just see the the Holy Spirit, Brother Jason, just hitting the flint. And you don't even realize why you were worshiping this morning, you were dousing yourself in gasoline. His presence, His presence. You didn't realize that you were making a habitation for Him to set you on fire. And they came out. Logan, they came out. The Bible says there was not a hair on their head singed. And there was not even the smell of smoke on their clothes. Hear this. Not only is God going to transform you, but you ain't going to smell like what you've been through. Horrible kosai. The enemy's got you so concerned about you being unworthy. Understand this, you can't be worthy. That's why Jesus went to the cross. And you see yourself messing up and you think God's just there with a hammer ready to smack you down. I want you to know when you mess up, just think of Jesus on the cross. We don't abuse grace. Don't, we? Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. We don't abuse grace. But I want you to know that there still is grace. We've preached it on one spectrum or the other. God knows your heart. He knows what you're set for. You're trying. You're, you're going in. And then many of me try to say, oh man, you can't, you can't do this. See, you can't do this. I want you to get the goal. We need to get some goal back in us. And say, devil, I know I can't do this. That's why I have Jesus. He knew I couldn't do it. So he made a way for me to do it. He knew I could, my own power, I could not overcome the addiction. But he made a way. And devil, you may think that I'm bound, but I want you to know that I'm on fire more than I've ever been. I'm freer than I've ever been. I'm more saved. I'm more sanctified than I've ever been. I'm more on fire than I've ever been. Hear me. You feel the push. I know many of you. You feel the enemy. 
pressing you. Let him press. Because he don't even realize that he's doing God's work for him. He's pressing all the you out of you. And he's getting the Holy Spirit in you. Because, hey, let me, let me tell you, when you're at the end of your rope, all you got is Jesus. You know my testimony in this house? Lost my mother. I was at the end. I mean, I, I felt like I, I just, I, I, my, my world was shattered. But as the psalmist said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. And he stepped down into an upstairs bedroom, 532 West State Route 122, Lebanon, Ohio, 45036, Della May and Beecher Noble. Stepped in their house, Mamma and Papa's house. I was in a room crying, snotting, screaming, saying, God, I need you. And there he was. Brother Austin, I thought I wasn't going to get out of it. I was at the end. And I felt so bound. But he began to set me free. Because you don't understand. What you're getting pressed towards, that's where Jesus is. They were pushing you closer to Jesus. And you didn't even realize it. They were growing. The enemy was growing your relationship with the Lord. And you didn't even realize it. The fire was an unlikely meeting place, but there he was. The king said, he looks like the son of God. I want you to know in the deepest, darkest pit of your mess, you'll find him there. Logan, come here. I know I'm taking too long. But he finds you in the deepest and darkest places. You know what he begins to do? He begins to, let me set you free. Let me put my anointing on your life. Let me deposit my spirit into you, son. You were not conformed. So you're going to be transformed. You see it as a college campus, but God sees it as a mission field. You see it as school. God says, no, I see it as ministry. You see it as I'm all alone. No, he says, you're never closer than you've ever been to me. He said, you seek me. You will find me. You, you hear me knock. You open up the door. You let me in. And he said, I'm going to strip it all off your life and you're going to find joy. You're going to find peace. You're going to find comfort. You're going to find that he's going to lead and guide your steps. That doors that you didn't even imagine would open, you're going to step into and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord. I want you to know that this young man represents a generation that God is setting free and saying, you know what? You're not going to smell like the hell you've been through. You're not going to smell like the depression you had. You're not going to smell like the fear, but you're going to smell with the fragrance of my presence and of my fire. Hear me. He's setting them free. He's setting you free. So go ahead. Let the enemy just 
let you fall back into the fire. And he's going to meet you. And he's going to pull you out. And just like he did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, a king who they were, they were to serve was on his knees. Who is your God? And when we leave this service today, you're going to be able to say to the devil, thank you. You say, what? Thank you. Because I'm closer than I've ever been. I'm more on fire than I've ever been. And I'm free. Hey, listen, you say, oh, this is, this is all, listen, the hell ain't got no power over me anyway. We need to stop having the illusion that he does. Have you ever thought that maybe you're going through some stuff like Job did because God offered you up? Nobody preaches about that. God tells the devil, have you considered my servant, Job? Tear his life apart. And you say, how, how can a good God do that? Because what comes of it is good. Oh, you don't want to hear that. What comes from it is good. Because Job got double what he had. hear me this morning Job would say though you slay me yet I will serve he did not charge God foolishly but he came out with a double portion he came out with a double portion and I want you to know that you have fought and you have scrounged and you say you have nothing but you're going to have ten times what you had and I pray right now that you're going to have double the anointing and double, listen, we need this, double the boldness. But if you're here this morning, and you say, my life's a wreck. I want you to come. Because I want you to know it's not a wreck. He's just putting it all back together. You think it's falling apart and he's like, oh, no, no, no. This is all orchestrated because you're about to find me. And there's some of you that have longed for a deeper relationship and deeper walk with the Lord. And you feel like all hell's fighting you from that. I, I, I want you to know he will fight you from that. But he doesn't realize that when he's fighting, he's putting you back into prayer. But if you say, I want that next level, I want you to know that next level's here this morning. I wish the Holy Spirit would have preached this morning. I would have been fine not to preach, but for some reason he wanted me to speak this this morning. But it's for you. You say, oh, I'm failing. No. Don't quit. You're closer than you've ever been. Don't conform. Don't stop worshiping. Don't, don't stop this atmosphere. Don't, don't hinder. Because he's going to begin to transform. So if you're here this morning, you say, listen, I'm struggling. I want a deeper walk. I want you here. And if you're saying, if you're here this morning, and I know there's people of God that say, you know what? I've been praying for revival. I want you to know what we're experiencing. I'm telling you, he's just. And your worship is just like taking a bath in gasoline. Saying, light me up. I know it's weird. I know it's different. 
But I'll tell you what we've been doing for the last hundred years hasn't worked. So we need new. We need different. If we got to start every service with just worshiping for 40, 50 minutes. We was here for an hour just worshiping. God, you have Make me flammable. You say, but, but no, 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 listen. He's an all-consuming fire, but just like the burning bush, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not consumed by it, consumed with it. But Jesus has that for you. So if you're here this morning, come. Come. I'll tell you right now, I think every teen and every young adult should be up here, not just because I'm a youth pastor, not just because I work with them all the time, but I want you to know that they fight more things than you could ever imagine, and God wants to set them free. I believe the fire of the Holy Spirit wants to rest on these people this morning. I believe He's already resting on this house. Uh, I want them to call the fire department uh, and say, we don't know what's going on at PTC, uh, but there's smoke coming off the roof. Uh, there's flames coming out the window. Uh, I want them to say, uh, them Pentecostals have done lost their mind. Yes, I have. I've lost it in Him. I want them to say they're the most prayingest people. They're the most worshiping. They, they worship more than anybody I know. They enjoy preaching more than anybody I know. They enjoy outreach more than anybody I know. I want you to know that's the fire. You see these people, I'm asking you to come. Help me pray. Help me pray this morning. Lord, everybody, Pastor Ron coming to you again. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that the word was a blessing to you. And today, before we say goodbye, I just want to encourage you, if you have not yet put your faith and trust in the Lord, that this would be a time that you would do so. I'd also say to you, if you're going through a very difficult or trying season, know this, God is faithful. He loves you. We love you. And we just say to you today that He is still able to do exceedingly abundantly what we could ever ask or think. So I speak blessings over you and your family. Thank you for joining us today.